yes everyone welcome to the charvak podcast this is your host kushal mehra all right so before i actually introduce my guest today he he himself suggested ki kushal bhai i would uh, like it if you uh, you know would uh, basically lay down why we are doing this podcast so i i and i'm only doing it because abhas ne mujhe whatsapp pe bola tha so i'm laying it out and then i'll bring abhas in and welcome him to the podcast too so it all started with uh, a, a, a chat abhas and i had on whatsapp so it uh, i'll tell you why it happened so abhas had posted some links about buddhism i have been talking about this subject at a parallel level and abhas and i you know we have twitter dm exchanges on and off ki main abhas ko bolunga ye link ye reference fir abhas will share some reference with me we do it a lot dm pe hum log kafi references share karte hain so then it just struck to me and i told abhas yaar itna tum ek taraf bol rahe ho main ek taraf bol raha hu koi teesra ek taraf bol raha hai koi chautha panchwa aise so can we and uh, come together and try to conceptualize something where you know every time See, nobody can accuse me of being a caste apologist. I literally want the annihilation of Jati Varna. So before you tell me, and I'm not saying Abhas wants it or Abhas is uh, saying this. These are my words. But so before you uh, have any ideas, I still stick to the annihilation. But I am equally sick and tired of this. You know, this 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 uh, narrative that it is uniquely Hindu. So what happened when I reached out to Abhas? I told him, "Yar." we have to talk about this then abha said kushal bhai this is going to take time so what are your resources and what are your references i was like ye mere resources hai ye mere references hai and i was abhas ne abhas was very kind enough you know he shared his resources and references and then i was like you are doing a fantastic job let us do a discussion and then abha said ye ek time mein nahi hoga i was like tere ko 10 time chahiye 10 time lenge magar ye karna hai and then he said it will be a three part series so today is part one of this three part series and now that i have laid down the brief uh, two minute background for this i welcome abhas abhas thank you very much for coming thanks a lot kushal bhai yes we have been discussing about it from quite long and uh, yeah. uh, as you said uh, right in the very introductory premise itself that it's not about uh, क्या चाहिए क्या नहीं चाहिए बट इट्स मोर अबाउट रियली डिस्कसिंग वेयर एंड व्हाट एग्जिस्ट इन विच पार्ट ऑफ द वर्ल्ड इन विच पार्ट ऑफ सोसाइटी हाउ इट इज ऑपरेटिंग जनरली व्हेन इट कम्स टू द कास्ट जाति और वर्ना व्हाट एवर दिस काइंड ऑफ डिस्कशन मोस्ट ऑफ द टाइम पीपल विल इधर है बट नो वन विल कम द ब्रिंग जनरली पीपल विल नॉट ब्रिंग द केस दैट through the history right from say the period of plato or in fact even earlier the whole world did practice some kind of social structure there was certain kind of social structure and of course each societies became nuanced with the time if everyone evolves evolution is a process and no one can deny that uh, no we are frozen back in the time and every society grew up with it and there were changes there were evolutions there were lot of metamorphoses lot of things happened across the societies including the hindu society itself and uh, what, what and the more the biggest thing which started bothering me once was about uh, when i started reading the works of dr ambedkar now uh, when like i always say that all the political figure whether it's uh, 
Gandhi ji or it's Ambedkar or anyone. Every political figure is quite grey. You can't just put them in the shade of black and white as we all want to do. politician. I'm not saying that we are going to become politicians, but I'm saying that we will become itihas or history in the days to come. So people will talk about us as well in a very great tone that, you know, he did something good, something bad. So everyone was playing the politics of his or her time. And uh, so was Ambedkar. And uh, whatever happened, and th- there was a many people say that, uh, 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 like most of the time, Hindutva is uh, brought in the preface, uh, in this preface, that it is Jatiwadi. And it's, uh, but it was quite contrasting. Uh, like if one reads the exchanges between Savarkar and Ambedkar, it's very interesting. And uh, it can just be like, uh, totally di- diametrically opposite of what people have been thinking about Hindutva, uh, looking at those discussions. And in fact, when Ambedkar got converted or say that he left this Pant and went to that fold of, and that too, he's went to a very different sect of Buddhism. It's not, Buddhism also had got different varieties and he went to a different sect altogether. Then Ambedkar wrote about it and he kind of in a cons- consolation manner said that, okay, fine. He first criticizes and then he says that, but at least you have remained in the dharmic fold. You choose didn't choose to go somewhere else. So, yeah, that that, that certainly was there. But uh, what really began to trouble me is that there was certain aspect of Dr. Ambedkar and in fact how he portrayed Buddhism and how his followers rather took it up from where he left. It becomes a bit problematic and problematic in a sense that it became more like a Protestantism against the Hinduism. It didn't solve the purpose of why actually this would have come. Perhaps it happens that you do something with a certain cause and despite you are doing it with it, you yourself will, you know, fail to achieve that goal or maybe that you will also get deviated. And uh, in my opinion, there was certain problem with Dr. Ambedkar and uh, certainly problems where there were a lot of followers as well. And uh, a lot of literature which got began to be produced and those literature were more like that uh, with the one monochromatic narrative that uh, buddhism was more like a revolt against the hinduism it was a protestant uh, sector of uh, hinduism per se and it was uh, uh, people rebelled against the existing jati system caste system varna system or perhaps uh, if i put it very precisely in a marxist point of view it was anti-class but uh, the moment I began to inquire into it, because I always had this curiosity that, um, like for example, in Islam, a lot of text began to be written after the supposed death of Prophet Muhammad. And the text were compiled after that. And there were a lot of versions which happened in Hadith. And that's why the text don't match. In fact, in Buddhism as well, it's a very clear assertion that uh, post the death of uh, supposed death of uh, Gautam Buddha, the text began to be written. Now the question arises that what is the surety that whatever has been said over there is the true words of the Lord Buddha himself. They may be, may not be, whatever it can be. And I have personally felt most of the times that the theology or the doctrines which get written, they are more about the power politics. They are more about, um, it does happen that people do tend to develop a lot of theology and a lot of thesis around the faith and the system 
based on what goes in the comfort and they take the aid from the existing society now the existing society which was there it was no different than the hindu society and if i have to precise it was sanatan hindu or just for a sake of vocabulary i don't know what term to give to all of them because there's so much of intersection that yeah, we just... hindu hi bolenge na that is the popular uh, term yes. being used today to wahi use karenge yes so the proper hinduism which existed back then that was from where the whole system began wahan se hi sari system shuru hui there was and they were living in the society the society itself was a hindu and i have a very firm conviction uh, based on my limited reading that buddhism just uh, came up as one more branch or one can say affiliate of the existing societal system it was no different and uh, so henceforth whatever the texts and the treaties were written they were no different than uh, what were very much similar to the whole existing hindu system there was no dismantling of the hindu system of class hindu system of uh, the caste practice or the hindu varna system it was very prevalent over there and they didn't choose to take it now there are few things which i found very interesting in this whole buddhist doctrine is that uh, there is a lot of confusion uh, when i say confusion it means that the certain part in the text or the the treaties you will find that buddha is saying a is meant to say a and a certain part you will find that buddha is meant to say a dash so it means that a a is definitely not equal to a dash but when you put them together from far off you will see that it will look like a but dash dash makes a very strong difference i will go through the things where uh, when i start going through the slides i will explain that what i mean over here but those things are there so it further explains me and uh, anyone who reads buddhist texts would understand that of course it was very much of a creation of the people or the followers not exactly the words of buddha it may be blasphemical in nature to say that say i am again using this for the sake of vocabulary uh, that uh, blasphemical means that it would maybe very anti belief of the buddhist system but being a pragmatic uh, taking a pragmatic approach to history i do get a feel that certainly the texts were composed by different sort sets of people in different parts of the subcontinent and differences happened based on the prevailing system and based on the the system and the environment in which that particular person who composed it came through so it does uh, it, it had an impact now i will straight away without hovering here and there i will uh, and of course so we initially i had thought that today i will also cover about uh, complete uh, uh, how completely how the caste system uh, or the class system or societal structure is spread across the world like if you look for the philippines if you look in nepal you look in, in sri lanka you you just name it and you had system everywhere today i have not put across those slides perhaps we will take it up next time but yes the world was divided into societies and it was very maybe it for all practical purpose of that time it was very much significant one cannot be a judge of it sitting over here in this time but yes there may be some merit maybe some demerit but we are not here to discuss about that we will rather jump into the thesis that whether buddhism really has the things of uh, the, the the caste factor or not and in the uh, the uh, the podcast which will follow we'll talk about sikhism we are going to talk about uh, uh, other sects as well so today we start with buddhism at a primary level and the next we will take it up 
into even more intense uh, level yeah I, i'll put up my slides yeah put it up and also just to inform uh, our viewers when it comes to dr b r ambedkar he actually did not accept the four noble truths of buddhism and he said they are later interpolations just for the record and even when it comes to the eight uh, eightfold uh, eightfold noble eightfold path he also clearly was not a follower of that so now i'll put up uh, the the slides that uh, abhas is uh, going to put, uh, you know talk about so abhas uh, over to you yeah i hope my screen is absolutely visible yeah 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 it is clear it is yeah. absolutely so, clear so just uh, to set the premise as i said earlier that of course the society was divided into the and this is coming from the work of plato itself and he has also seen that the society is working in the three sector and uh, and further when we today i am not going to deal deeper into how the world was basically divided because i particularly want to take a curious interest and in, putting it across systematically how i'm going to put for the buddhism but just to set the precedent that yes back then before the era of the christ it was the case so now so this is a very uh, this is an interesting book which i had come across and uh, uh, this is a, uh, i'm sure i don't know how many people have read it but i will suggest people to read it uh, however you may like it or not because it's certain part of criticism of hinduism as well but it gives you a premise to understand that how the society was working and buddhism was certainly not alien from it so in this book of uh, sinard he makes a very clear case that we no longer live in a days when it was permissible to represent buddhism or jainism as attempts of at social reform directed against the caste system so uh, he he was trying to uh, while he was working on this literature and then he come came across a lot of incidences so what he found that uh, certainly the practice of the caste as it is uh, existing in the hinduism it was very much predominant in the buddhism as well and he is in fact talking about a jainism too but today we will limit our discussion to buddhism for all the practical purposes so now this is again a other book which i came across so first i am introducing you to a few of the books which were my secondary or tertiary source per se to understand that how those people were looking at buddhism in the colonial era while they were looking at it uh, because um, we of course i am quite critical of the colonial literature and how they write about the things but it certainly gives you a perspective that how they have looked at our society as so this again was giving us a very clear cut um, picture that uh, they were believing in the karma the concept of uh, Uh, the things will come back to you what you do within this birth and all this was observed by all this scholars so is buddhism a classless society generally it is considered that it is so though so in general the understanding of people the buddha's criticism of the caste system in general and of the social superiority claimed by the brahmins to mean that the buddha held that all men are born equal and this is what we generally feel about and of course he has said it in certain of the suttas but uh, suttas is uh, uh, again equal to sutras so sutras and suttas are almost same i may be using this word interchangeably uh, when during the pro progression of the presentation yeah 
so just uh, to give a bit of idea about what the, the buddhist text means and as i initiated with uh, the talk itself with the fact that of course the buddha the texts were written much more after gautam buddha is supposed to have died and uh, the texts are again divided into the buddha vachana that is the words of the buddha and then the sutras which is which i said that, that which are also read as suttas and the shastras so and all this literature developed after buddha had disappeared from the mortal realm now this is a very interesting case uh, which i am presenting uh, so this uh, this is coming from madhura sutta so and uh, why i am going to bring this suttas i will bring four suttas and the course from there to establish that yes the practice of the four varnas was very much predominant when the buddhism came into being like the part what i have highlighted over here it says that uh, the question is being asked what do you think great king if this is so are the four castes equal or not or how do you see this certainly master in, a, in this case these four castes are equal i can't see any difference between them so buddha is here saying that there is no difference into the varna actually it's varna but it's written the caste because the words are used interchangeably for uh, by many of the colonial translators as well but whatever it may be we do understand what we mean here so it means that yes it was existing then we come across the kanakathala sutta the 90 here again we see that lord there are these four castes noble warriors warriors as in the kshatriya the brahmans the brahmans merchants and the workers is there any distinction or difference among them the reply comes great king of these four castes two noble warriors and brahmans are held to be foremost in terms of receiving homage hospitality salutation and polite services so it means that the brahmans and the noble warriors as in the kshatriya are two considered to be the most somewhat upper in the hierarchy so so it, it, so this is a direct quote from the sutta itself right yeah yeah it is i am quoting directly from the sutta yeah and uh, which translation is this if if somebody wants to ask that i will put the name of it at the end of the podcast i will show the link as well which one i had used Fair enough. so it is Fair very uh, it's basically it's a collection of the suttas but sutta vichara is a portal which is very considered to be very authentic and i will share the link of it as well got it got it okay okay go ahead i just wanted to ask that okay. question so this is coming from asalana sutta here again no master gautam if they acted the same way the same result would be fall and aristocrat a brahmin a merchant or a worker so it means so somehow there is a, there is a discussion about and some part you will find that the four varnas are being considered to be almost equal but in certain parts you will see that the two varnas that is kshatriya and the brahman are always considered to be superior so again uh, we uh, what we are basically observing here that uh, the four varnas the brahmin kshatriya vaishya and sutra are very much existing in the period of gautam buddha or when the text of the buddhism is being created so in this kanaka tala sutta 
what we find that of the of the four of the four varnas which we just spoke about the two are the chief and deserve respect from the other two so it says that great king of this forecast caste again we should read as varna noble warriors and the brahmins are held to be foremost in terms of receiving homage hospitality hospitality salutation and the polite services now jati uh, the, the, the in the buddhist literature there is a very clear distinction between jati and the varna so while there is always a discussion that uh, varna is something which can be based on the profession but jati is something which is always spoken in terms of the birth and the descent jati by descent is very well recognized in the buddhist literature they in fact uh, what we will find the uh, what uh, like these are the, the in the vinaya pitaka basically which is talk about the monks and all the how the, they are brought into the order uh, how they so the whole process so there we find the description even about the low that is heen jatis they mention about the chandalas the uh, the vena which is the basket makers the nisada that is hunter or the trapper the one who hunts who traps the animals and the, the kills then pukusha which is the scavenger rathkarika the makers of the chariot etc so there is a constant discussion about the low born and a high born it's always there so just to you know bring again from the suttas themselves so the birth means birth has been defined here there are two kinds of birth low birth and high birth low birth means birth as a member of a despised class birth as a bamboo painter birth as a hunter birth uh, as i was explaining initially so it is all mentioned clearly so again it also talks about the names there are two kinds of name low name and high name even the names are low and high so wh- what kind of name has been given to you uh, it really mattered uh, then we also have a discussion about the clan which clan you are coming from whether it is a low clan or a high clan work is again defined into low kind of work or a high kind of work so there is distinction to everything the heen and the uch is always discussed throughout the buddhist treatises so even if for a for certain period of time you consider that that part of the buddha where he is explaining that varnas do come by uh, the profession and occupation but he is constantly even talking about the low birth and the high birth and it's not like uh, the explanation by someone else he further he explains it and the basis which i am talking about right now it is about how the monk is to be brought into the order right so these are very Achha, important abha things. just one question yeah. here this is like a descriptive yeah. explanation of the process itself as the way yeah. it is and it should be right this yes. is not ye problem hai main isko solve kar raha hu this is how Nein. things are exactly exactly yeah and I, that because that, it's very important to give that nuance here otherwise yeah. people will be like aisa hai waisa hai no so that that's very important uh, that's a very important point which you raised kushal bhai that this is how actually the process is happening so you know the monk is to be taken in and these considerations are there that which name which kul whether it's high or low it really mattered it was really a matter of consideration when the person is being brought into the order so again the craft here you can see in the first page 176 craft has been defined that what kind of craft it is whether it is a low craft or high craft so this whole discourse of low and high uch and heen is going all throughout the the, the buddhist literature it's uh, it's very predominant 
it's not that it's here and there but it's very predominant everywhere so in fact there is a case where uh, i have put the snippet here but i don't know whether it will be much visible or not so basically here it is talking about that uh, odin monk who has actually come from a heen jati okay so he is abused and he is also directed for a prashit so it's happening in the order of monks it's not that uh, in the buddhist system itself so uh, so it it gives you a very uh, this vinayak pitaka which i am quoting which talks about how the monks are to be uh, brought into the order what is the process and all it sees that jati is certain, it talks about the jati the low and the high jati the low low born and high born and, and jati is seen by the descent because it is based on the birth itself that's why it's talking about low born and high born otherwise why will it matter and why will a monk be abused and directed to a do a prize sheep just for coming from a heena jati so this case is existing over there so all these uh, the, the text which i am talking about it is all about the low born high born low craft low name high name and how and when you need to do if you are a monk and you are to be brought into the order and then you have to do the prashit if you are coming from a low born system so is basically you are doing prashit for the past birth because of which you were born in a low a low uh, low birth right now so uh so basically uh when you further go into the detail of uh, this pitaka so it becomes very clear that the dignity of a monk that how dignified a monk will be it is based on the jati naam gotra karma and the craft so uh, for the time being if one just close their eyes and they start to see that um, uh, after reading that how the monks are brought into the order and one goes into this literature i uh, we see a lot of atrocity literature about hinduism as well i am making this comparison because i am trying to build a case that first case is that i don't see buddhism as anything distinct from the hindu fold at all it is very much part of it second thing what i really gain from it is this that uh, the the all the society across the globe and the the, the religions and the faith and whichever it was this whole practice of the jati that is the birth and the descent the name as in where you are uh, what family name you are carrying the gotra in uh, the gotra we all know that how it comes and the karma karma basically decides that what you are doing so and the craft karma and craft are very much uh, uh, matchable yeah so according to the angutra nikaya that is 3.57.2 buddha tells us that uh, brahmin kshatriya vaishya shudras is based on birth and deeds of the past so uh, i have highlighted that part very clearly over here this and... is literally an assertion of birth based not guna based birth based i repeat yeah this is essentially the birth based it is coming from what has happened in the past but that's when that's why you are going to become brahmin kshatriya vaishya shudra right now the past deeds which has brought you to a certain varna so it becomes very clear so to among human beings it is any kind of birth among kshatriya brahmin vaishya shuddhas and kamaja among people of sort the same person so good manners is born
सो दीज आर थ्री वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग पॉइंटर्स जातीय नाम गोते ना जातीय नामो तो गोता तो जाति धारो सो बेसिकली इट मीन्स दैट ऑल दिस सुटाज वेन यू रीड सो इट मीन्स दैट जाति इज बाई बर्थ ओनली इट ऑल्सो एम्पलीफाइज द नेम ऑफ द नेम द क्लैन विच यू कम फ्रॉम द कुल एंड द वेल्थ एज वेल इट इज ऑल्सो टॉकिंग अबाउट हाउ वेल्दी यू आर सो द लास्ट वन सुटानी पट हंड्रेड फोर इट्स अबाउट द वेल्थ दैट इट ऑल्सो मैटर्स दैट हाउ मच वेल्थ यू हैव सो हेर वी सी अनदर क्लास दैट you know apart from what you are uh, what is your jati what is your kul what is your name family name and at the same time how much wealthy you are that also is a very essential parameter now according to the sutta nipata pabbaja sutta here is the case where bimbisara is asking buddha about his identity okay this is a very famous part where bimbisara did bimbisara and the gautam buddha had a discussion and uh, they exchanged the words and when he asked about it so he was very glad to tell that he coming from the kshatriya uh, sh- he is a kshatriya he comes from the sakya clan and it's a surya vansha so it uh, uh, hope it's visible so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's very clear it's very clear yeah so i'll move to the next so so i will just zoom it again for the people to see at what it is so yeah now i am this is a very interesting paper which i came across it was written by y krishnan and he has written a quite a lot of paper looking into the jainism and buddhism so this paper buddhism and the caste system uh, which is uh, which can be read on jester it's available people should read it and i have also put a few snippets from here to explain the case directly because it's a peer reviewed and very uh, very much uh, it had appeared in a very reputed journal as well yeah and it is full of the primary sources so we see that in dig nikaya uh, 1.120 120 it is said that of unblemished parentage up to the previous seven generations thus in all these references the word jati undoubtedly means birth or descent as determinant of the caste so caste here in most of the cases what i uh, while i was reading i was i found that at the place of jati they have used jati but in this literature the word has often been replaced by the caste this was my observation mm-hmm. yeah so we see not much of varna but we see caste and jati being spoken in a single sentences at many of the places so in pudaka pata 6.35 it says a person belonging to the heena jati again low caste with chandal vena nisada ratkara and pukusa are totally excluded from possessing any of the seven jewels which are produced for the use of chakravarti king of the kshatriya caste well born on both sides well born on both sides as in it means that uh, you know from the mother side as well uh, mother should also come from a high clan and the father should of course be from the high clan 
So basically, they were also following the Anulom system yes, and preference yes. to Anulom of the Hindus. Hindus. Yes. Anulom yes. Pratilom, which is very Hindu text. Mein bhi baat kiya gaya. Exactly. Exactly. And it gets even more interesting because Kul has, Kula has come as a factor in the firm distinction as well. So as he writes in the paper directly, that again, Kasa also distinguished by appellation. This is, this is quite a critical point appellation of Kula and Kulina. So there's uh, there's a lot of reference of Kul and a Kulina. It is running all throughout. So the uh, it becomes quite clear that uh, the quality of the family which you are, they are talking about the quality of the family as well. That what kind of Kul you it's a whether if and if it's coming from the Kul of the Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya or whatever. So there also how good the family is, it is also really mattering because in the, the last slides we saw that there's a one portion, they're also talking about the wealth. So how much wealth you have, that also really matters to define these factors. So in the Ariguttara Nikaya 2.35, it, uh, it is explaining about the beings that is Pugalas. Pugalas are of four categories. So, Pugala basically Pudgal, Pudgal ka hoega na, varial take. Yes, it's a Pudgal ka varial text and there is certain Pugalas. So, of miserable birth and bound of misery, of miserable birth but bound of happiness, of happy good birth but bound of misery, of happy good birth and bound for happiness. So, the point that, that we need to note is that it is identified. So, basically the Tamu Pugalas identified as belonging to the Nichkula, right? Or the low families of the Vena, Nisar, etc., what we spoke about earlier. Thus, these four categories at the, and these four categories are seen in Buddhism as the sub-yonis of the Manushya Yoni. So Manushya is a yoni, and then these are the sub-yonis. So they are further looking at like there is a part of that, like uh, in a lot of doctrines, it is assumed that Jati, Miri Manushya Jati hai, Manushya Yoni hai, or I am done. Like plant ek jati hai, the further the, the uh, and things like that. But here you are born in a Manushri Yoni and then there are further more Yonis into it, which is defined by the kind of family which you are born into it. So that will also define that whether you are we are you are to get the miseries, whether you are to get the happiness, it's very much dependent on that. So in this whole text, if one analyzes it, they will find that Heen Jatis are referred to like something very dysgenic and which jatis are referred to as eugenic. So it's always a, uh, the, we always see that there's appreciation for the uch jatis, which they talk about. And there is a very least of appreciation for one if uh, is born into the low jati. And again, this classifications are purely based on the birth because it's talk about the low born, high born, low born, high born. There is no distinction. So, now, this gets very interesting because, as I was saying, that there are contradictions as well. And then we need a certain amount of nuance angle to look into these texts. While the birth-based Varna and Jati was predominant, including, like it was among the Buddha followers, Buddha's direct takes are actually much more, uh, you know, contradictory, if not nuanced, I would say. Uh, as they say that these are the words of the Buddha himself. So, if we read this Vasita Sutta and its interpretation, it will feel that uh, Manushya is the only Jati and the Varnas are the occupation based. So they all belong to the same Jati that is Manushya. 
Buddha is shown to be explaining that various insects, trees, quadrupeds, reptiles, fishes, birds, etc., and jatis, like the species we often say, kis jati ka hai species, distinguished by lingaved and distinctive anatomy. He mentions that to be reason for this jati bed. According to him, the four varnas are distinct for not for jati bed, but for socio-economic occupational differences. He is making it clear in this. So now, so far, we had been talking about the birthplace, but here is very much clearly saying that varnas are based on your occupation. And this is not the jati. So this is not very much based on your birth. I show in the snippet. Just among these species, their marks of species are many. Even so, amongst humans, their species are not many. So uh, then he goes on to talk about not in the bodies individually is this difference found amongst humans. For amongst humans, any difference is said to be by way of convention. So through the and these are the suttas from six. 11 to 619, Buddha is shown to be explaining that the a same human makes living through goraksha, a farming. Uh, they, and then if they do the farming and the goraksha, they will be known as krishaka. If you are making living through the craft uh, like shilpi or like uh, who make trade and all, uh, uh, the vanijya are called as vanijya. Those who will make the living by the service of others will call preshaka. Those who make living through the warfare will be called the Yuddhajivi. Those who make living through the work of Purohita are the Brahmins, Brahmanas, like uh, the same word, yeah. Now, in the Sutta 650, uh, he makes it very clear that not by birth is one Brahmin, not by birth one is non-Brahmin. One is Brahmin by deed, karma. One is a non-Brahmin by deed. So this is what he's making it very clear. So it's very interesting. The jati is clearly by birth in no matter what the scenario. But on the varna, they keep flipping back and forth. Sometimes it is not by birth. Sometimes it is by birth. Yes, exactly. And that's why it becomes very interesting. And But, uh, you know, uh, the what I will show you next will even be further more interesting. What happens that... Uh, uh, so basically, in this, uh, especially Sutta 648 to 650, Buddha is explaining that Gotra is an imaginary appellation of identification in society. He talks about it. And the thing is taken so seriously by society that it has become now become the part of it. So he's saying that it's imaginary. It's not something which is true to the nature. But society has taken it seriously and hence it has become a part of the society uh, in the time when he is living. Now, in the same Vasita Sutta, uh, Vasita and Varadva ask Buddha if one becomes Ramin by birth or by Karmana. Buddha explains in Sutta 6.12-19 to 19 that how professions are livelihood of various Varnas. In Sutta 652-52, he identifies the Varnas by profession, that is Karmana. In Sutta 657-659, to Buddha explains Karmana to be equivalent to profession of livelihood than the deeds. 
so most of the people at times confuse the karma with the, the profession what you are doing and what is of the past birth so basically this uh, this seems to be more in line with the bhagavad gita take of karmane vadikaraste mafaleshu kadachana right kind of that uh, yeah, or or yeah. maya system uh, gunakarma vibhagash uh, sorry i misspoke so basically that was more like how shri krishna says it's your gunakarma and the combination of your gunakarma yes exactly so but uh, it further gets more interesting the more i look into buddha it gets more interesting because in sutta 654 this term is used in sense of punna and papa karma merit and demerit moral karma which creates a transcendental potential to be experienced in future lives so till sutta 652 652 it is all about the deeds the karma is defined like that but here the karma is becoming your pun and a pap karma in 654 so what he makes a case that uh, if say that you are a you are born into a brahmin jati and you are professing your the, the deeds of the brahmins and if you don't practice it then you are becoming one shankara one shankara i i will get into it uh, there is a very interesting quote about it as well so that's why i said that the more you try to know about the buddhist text the more and more complex starts getting so uh, yes uh, the it can be directed if we uh, like the translation which we were talking about if we pick it it becomes like that by profession one is king or ruler by profession one is priest the profession right the word jati is derived from its explanation of the word jati which was put in the paper of the krishna he has explained it so uh, so basically and talks about that uh, buddha was perhaps explaining the historical genesis of the caste as propounded in the purusha shukta of the rigveda right so now this gets interesting because Uh, according to the buddhist canon moral acts good that is punna and the evil have no effect on the current caste they don't have it status of individual a person caste does not undergo a change with reference to his conduct only the moral acts affect the caste in which he might be reborn and as and when the karmas mature so whatever you are doing this indeed will affect you what will happen in it will be more say that you are a brahmin but your moral conduct are not very much to the right nature then you will not be born as a brahmin next time so you are a kshatriya so maybe that so that thesis also does exist in the buddhist literature and in fact he the same person the krishna had dealt at in his earlier paper uh, which was written earlier he had cited the uh, one sutta of 135 and of the support of the thesis to this we would add pugala uh, papanati the usual text is this so we so he for this so basically what i was trying to explain that if you are not practicing what you are supposed to by the varna in which you are born then you will be born into a low you will be born into a low varna as as is further explained by buddha in many other suttas so here it goes the buddha condemned the the the, the virtue uh, he was very much for the virtue of the caste blood purity and he condemned that uh, you know if intercaste marriage is happening it's a very interesting take actually 
So basically, the... uh, for people, uh, uh, so, sorry to come in here, uh, Abbas just wanted to make another point. The Buddha was not against endogamy per se. Yeah, not at all. And uh, the quote, the quote which I will read right now, will be uh, like Buddha concludes, um, and this uh, it's coming from this Sutta Salaya Sutta. First, you where uh, we went about the birth, living birth, you went about the mantras. Who know uh, living mantras? You arrived at a purity of the forecast, which is just I lay down. Now here, the Buddha was referring undoubtedly to the purity of the caste of blood, and not moral purity. And purity of blood is the most essential feature of jati vada, right? It, it, this is this forms the basis in most of the cases. In the uh, in the uh, Anguttara Nikaya, so three point two point two twenty one for folio number two twenty one, the Buddha severely criticizes the Brahmins of his day for contracting contracting marriages indiscriminately with women of other castes, as it visits the purity of their blood. He observed. In former times, Brahmins approached only Brahmani, Brahmin lady, never non-Brahmin. Now they go for a Brahmani and non-Brahmani alike. So he's condemning the Brahmin for this. The intercaste marriage. This is a very interesting part of the whole. Uh, this is actually. So the bloodline has become impure. Sounds very eugenical to me. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what Buddha is talking to us, as quoted. So. Buddha further adds, this is even more interesting, that dogs only mate with the dogs and not with any other species, suggesting thereby that even dogs maintain the purity of blood better than the Brahmins. So I see a lot of, so it's an interesting case, uh, what I see, it's more of irrespective of what the society was, there was certainly, a, uh, the whole literature shows that there was certain favor for the Kshatriyas and there was polemics against uh, the Brahmins of that period. Uh, throughout the Buddhist literature, that's very much visible. There can be a number of reasons for it, but uh, that's very evident from what we read. Because uh, 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 because uh, now further, when we uh, further, if we read again in the Agantuka, he reemphasizes that a true Brahmin should be well born on both mothers and the father's sides. He further goes to describe five types of Brahmins: Brahma-like, Deva-like. Those who observe the Mariada, those who violate the rule of morality, Chandala. They, he even says the Brahmins are like Chandala. The description of the last two types of Brahmins are very significant. He even goes on to explain that Brahman Chandala, such a Brahmin, is one who makes his living rightfully or unlawfully from farming, trade, cattle breeding, archery. So basically, he's saying that if you are born a Brahmin Jati and if you are doing these kind of jobs, then you are. A chandala like a Brahman. So he's giving a category to the Brahman as well. So he's further categorizing the Brahman. So what he says that's uh, about uh, one of the other Brahman about the, in terms of Mariada. Such Brahman goes to a Brahmani, a daughter of a Kshatriya, Vashya, Shudra. So if you are married to do an inter-caste marriage, so this is a category subscribed to you. In short, Buddha condemned Varna Samskara, uh, Samkara and thus upheld the cardinal rule of Jatiwad of ensuring purity of blood through the rule of endogamy. That is why uh, this is this is mentioned in uh, in one of the Sutta Nipata 315. Buddha accuses that those Brahmins, those are the Brahmins by birth and not by curve, 
by violating the jatiwad so see this is very interesting he is saying that you are brahmin by birth by birth but you are not brahmin by karm because you are not marrying into the brahmin that is because by one of the category which i mentioned so even if you are not marrying into a brahmin house you are not following the virtue or the karma of a being a brahmin so this is a very interesting case like we say that you are born brahmin you take up a karma you are not a brahmin by karma but here he is saying that even the endogamy has to be part of your karma to be a brahmin and then and then people wonder why our genome uh, for the last 2000 2500 years 2000 to pakka has been so endogamous i mean they wonder why they did not yeah. realize why yeah so this is very interesting because uh, I, i i i was always wondering about um, uh, this uh, basically that um, you know uh, like w- when we talk about the buddhism the first thing which always comes in your mind that uh, a very egalitarian society and uh, then uh, this always bothered me that if buddha was living in that period and uh, i came across a lot of essays and articles that he was every inch hindu and then the same people who always uh, criticize hinduism for the caste system and uh, then the, they are the same people who will not be accepting who will giving you a very plain a very monochromatic face of buddhism is a very linear line that way that it practices everything on a very equal point of view everything is very simple it's not as complex as the the, the hinduism but uh, i always thought that if he's living in that era how can he be such kind of exception because society makes the people people yes people do make the society they change it but this this would be a gradual process and uh, the society rather which changes the whole system and brings in a a very evolved or a nuanced status for a particular time being it's not an individual it cannot be an individual effort per se so i always wondered and perhaps these are really putting a great revelations to me uh, that uh, i never thought that it was the way uh, the way it is coming in front of me like yeah and you know the thing is that i have always said this the first real opposition to this entire birth based jati varna system was not buddhism jainism I've, and i say this with full responsibility but it was the bhakti movement the bhakti movement was the first real challenge again the challenge to this birth based system came again from the hindu society i want to repeat once more this is not an apology for hinduism because i can create the same slides for hinduism and i am saying this very openly but i wanted to create this content because i wanted to show ki bhai hum aap mein basically sab nange hai i am just saying very very blatantly and very openly and and before somebody from the christian and muslim background gets excited daroma teen part hai aapka number bhi aayega yeah they will get all to them and one of the most uh, uh, the strongest of the statement uh, which is there that uh, he said very clearly said that uh, uh, you know uh, the, uh, the 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 buddha the, the buddhist is always born in a kshatri or a brahmin clan it doesn't come in other caste at all the caste it has to be it was very much specified it's very clear so you know but but really if you are not ready to give the highest position to uh, to say the shudra and the vaishyas and you are fixing it only for 
say particular two class irrespective of whether it's meritorious or it has got demerit the first point is that you are practicing exactly the same thing for which you are blaming the hinduism there is no difference at all and in fact uh, there is a case in ashok wadna where considered when it is the question of invitation to a function or dinner he is talking it's a question or of marriage but not when it is a question of religion as it is concerned by with the virtues so even ashok is very clear and uh, say for uh, you one may say that uh, you know perhaps uh, uh, there is a, a misinterpretation of the buddhist text and so on and on but ashok wadana is very clear here ashok is saying it so for the dham the religion of the virtue cannot be ignored it, it here so according to as i was talking according to lalita vistara shakya muni as bodhisattva takes birth in the family of kshatriya or a brahman his birth as a shudra or an outcast was excluded the buddha speaking of the grave consequences of the deeds conducted to ruin of the that such deeds made to the doer to acquire human body bond inter alia among blind families or in the among keepers of oxen hogs or etc etc so it's very clear it's there is no doubt about it that uh, the society which was writing this buddhist text was practicing as much as the caste system or the jati system as was pre- prevalent in the hindu society it if it was existing here it was existing there as well there, there was no difference at all true so uh, the now now my slides are starting with uh, the current practice uh, uh, in the in the next session actually i am looking into go into the detail of further buddhist text and touch upon the sikhism or the rather than sikhism i would say that the sikh practices and how the thing is yeah more, more than sikhism it is sikh practices yeah yeah it is sick practice rather so uh, so uh, we will be talking more about it so now my next slides are about uh, how it's practiced in the other countries but i i'm thinking that perhaps we should rest it over here with uh, the the nahi, nahi, discussion about nahi continue karo continue karo na na okay. continue karo it's okay continue karo okay so it's, so if we see that uh, and uh, you pick the countries like you pick bhutan you pick burma you pick sri lanka you pick any of the buddhist country so what you are always told that uh, you know perhaps uh, uh, the it was the sickness of the hinduism which gave the caste system and it's so, so even when they transformed to buddhism the caste system or the practice of the jati the low or high born or anything whatever you can use any name what you want to but it's more about the discrimination if i have to say irrespective of what name you want to take so that discrimination is very predominant in sri lanka it's very predominant everywhere so if buddhism gave you the virtue to leave it across it should have been left why it's being practiced and then you cannot come and brag and say that you know this is a system in place which was there to reform hinduism or rather it was a rebel against the caste system of hinduism because we don't see it happening in any of the countries and in fact there there are certain certain the 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 practices in bhutan and bhutan has seen a lot of caste sentiment in fact uh, burma saw a lot of caste sentiments and it's uh, 
more than casteist i would use the term discriminatory because say that even if you are saying that okay this is the caste and that is the caste you have this branching at the moment you bring the layer of discrimination that's where the whole problem starts and it is happening so in medieval sri lanka in the 3rd century to 15th century ad the buddhists divided the society into the three groups the vargas it was kulina those who were deemed to belong to the high families so or the nobleman it's very clear hinkula commoners or the ordinary folk who were considered as belonging to the inferior low families the chandalas the outcasts now known as rodias occupationally also these are the constituent three vargas then uttaka varga consisting of the landowners farmers bogiyama and varias and the cattle breeders of gopala they also included the warriors and the socially were they were kulina heen varga consisted of two subgroups now we are talking about the heen sipika that is the artisans craftsmen such as weavers oil pressers potters blacksmiths etc those who render service on hire prishika such as barbers washermen workmen or laborers chandala varga those engaged in unclean polluting jobs or jobs which are cause loss of life that is himsa such professions or advocations are scavenging hunting fishing slaughter of animals working in hides skins tapping of toddy etc so the period which is mentioned is 3rd century ad to the 5th century ad now so that means that buddhism is penetrated it's we are not talking about the period in bc like before christ we are talking about the period where buddhism is very well penetrated over there it's a stable and, epistemology and a stable religion which has spread far wide yeah yeah and the, so we what we see here is that okay let's pick the thesis of the marxists that aryans came or uh, and they gave they they, they divided the society in the varna the caste practice or rather a lot of people say that this is the root to the racial practice so this is in fact uh, all the uh, uh, the dalit afro studies which are happening they really related to that 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 gave the whole race this is the root of the racial discrimination the hinduism but what we are seeing that this uh, this epistemology of uh, the buddhism is carrying forward the legacy that has reached let's use that term legacy for sarcastic uh point of view that yeah it carried the legacy of the hinduism it cannot be the case right because it was a complete outflow of a different sect altogether it it if it, it, it was really not if it was really not the case then perhaps buddhism would have oh, sri lanka would have left doing all these practices but it continued and continued it never stopped so if buddhism was to bring a revolution into the caste system it didn't happen in india uh in fact next time perhaps i'll pull the slides as well where the whole caste system by how the virtue of the name does exist still in the buddhism but it's still predominant in india it is predominant in sri lanka so now the question arises that was it really for that cause that to removal of the the, the or the rebel against the caste system perhaps it was not the case it doesn't seems like so each of the vargas were indogamous uh, indogamy was ve- is very common and marriage outside the vargas was a, always seen as a taboo it never happened professions were hereditary so like if you are a fisherman then your son will become fisherman and so on and on henceforth and the social and the occupational divisions were also linked with the birth 
the chandal varg constituted the outcasts intercourse with the this varg was strictly avoided by the upper two vargas they lived in the separate hamlets so in fact there was separate hamlet in sri lanka from 3rd century ad to 15th century this is what uh, we get the detail from and all this i will also share the link of this paper with you kushal bhai which you can put so that people can start looking at the citations which are about the primary sources so that people don't come up with this all the ideas that you know it's a fabrication of the person who wrote the paper but the person is very reputed i must say but it shouldn't be taken by for the name sake rather people should go and search for the sources at uh, at their own that you know this is the case right so it should be noted that even in present day sri lanka essentially the caste system is as set of the as it prevails as above as it prevails it is significant that the regular servitors of the places or the worship those who sweep the platform carry the dead leaves broken branches and litter generally and keep the place in order are not only slaves but are regarded as outcasts with whom the rest of the community will have no dealing and whose society is contemnatory an outcast is parakum this is a term anyone marrying a pagoda slave becomes himself one with all the children he may have had by previous wife images of gods are also guarded against the pollution by outcasts hence the inner service in temples are performed by the goigamas while the outer services are performed by the worshipers so the rituals performed by the monks of goigama caste so comparing so when we see that you know you forget the hindu society for a while and you just read about the, the buddhist society of the different countries uh perhaps you will not need to read about the hinduism uh, per se or the vedic atrocity doers rather you it will itself show you that how a caste system exists so if my buddhist literature or the buddhist countries themselves can give us the whole reason or the understanding of the caste system so it means further that it is what is not dependent only on the hinduism per se and also it, if you look at other way around it also gives you a case that buddhism certainly was a offshoot of hindu hindu faith or the hindu tradition itself so so we uh, so the, the person has also detailed about the caste system in the buddhist sangha and the community of the monks in sri lanka so there as well as i was initially talking about the monks and how the monks are brought in the order right so the buddhist literature itself lays the process that how it's going to happen and there is a whole thesis of low born and high born and this is something which is very much continuing in the sangha in the buddhist sangha of uh, sri lanka it is very much prevalent so i think i have been able to put only this much right so far right now kushal bhai so in the next session we will carry on with even more details no problem and, and uh, by the way uh, genetic diversity in sri lanka if you want to see uh, their uh, genetic diversity you can go and uh, check out uh, the genetic papers also yes india is arguably the most endogamous society so i'm not going to uh, say that but the, but the system of uh, endogamy practices has its uh, you know smattering in sri lankan society also in fact uh, it is uh, it, 
it is something that uh, people don't realize uh, that uh, exists and uh, it's not like the caste only exists in uh, you know the sri lankan tamils it also exists in the the sri lankan sinhalas it exists in them too and uh, this is quite uh, common knowledge if you are someone who's into that system uh, so first i'll take a few viewer questions and then if i ha- if i want to ask a few here and there i'll ask you those questions so pehle main thode live viewer questions le leta hu so so someone ha- has asked then considering the textual uh, data that you have shared do you think th- this entire thing of uh, you know new buddhism which is pretty much i don't even think it is what ambedkar used to practice full disclosure even what ambedkar had envisaged and what it is today there is a asman zameen ka farak in in both of them but do you think then what new buddhism is being practiced today is now basically like any other abrahamic religion in that sense is something that a, a viewer has asked in my opinion it has been that uh, uh, in my very sincere opinion perhaps ambedkar also was not very much aware about uh, the uh, nuances of the buddhism of course he was a well read person he has clarity about a lot of things but when it comes to came to the indian philosophy he didn't had much of an idea about it including the buddhism and uh, but just uh, uh, yes, uh, when it comes to his followers his followers further took it to a different tangent altogether because it starts from first level of distortion and then that distortion is if sandwiched among a lot of list of distortion which are from different schools of thought which are not very pro integrity of india there are many factors as such so that really adds to a catastrophe and that is what has happened and it has really it is turning out to be somewhat like uh, abrahamic to some sense i am saying it with a lot of responsibility because uh, the construct in which this whole uh, the buddhist literature appeared it is also it happened after certain period uh, after the buddha is supposed to have died the literature was compiled a lot of addition a lot of manipulations a lot of things did happen and the followers did started to bring it in the way the way they wished it to happen because the faith has always been one factor which would uh, be the buttress for the, the the power to really go uh, hand in hand so power to gain more and more power faith is intermixed and that's how buddhism or the buddhist sangha tried to really capture the minds of the people in most of the places and as far as the new buddhism is concerned it is more about uh, collecting the political sphere it is list to do with uh, the perhaps what buddha would have thought in terms of what is nirvana to him it is more about the finding out your political space in and around here i just wanted to know your views about this abhas so the difference between the discourse surrounding buddhism and i say this with sikhism buddhism jainism and if we compared it to and even christianity for that matter islam i would not say because islam has a fair bit of critique even at a theological level whether people want to admit it or not is a very different thing uh, yes there is reaction from islamic society in the form of sartan se juda but that clearly doesn't stop people from reading islamic texts and critiquing them but when it comes to christianity buddhism uh, jainism 
Sikhism. And this is coming from a person who doesn't care about anyism. Like, I am very open about it. Uh, but, you know, it is always, when we discuss these texts or religions, it's always the metaphysical claims. Like, and I'm not saying there are some profound metaphysical claims in Jainism, like Anekantvad, uh, you know, in Buddhism, the middle path. It, it is fantastic. Like, when you read this, you get goosebumps. Like, what a thought. But the point is, the same can be said about Hinduism. There are amazing metaphysical claims, philosophical claims in Hinduism. Those are never discussed. Literally in mainstream academia, all you hear about Hinduism is, you know what, basically, jo slides humne aaj dikhai hai. Main khula Pura discourse hai na, slides आज बेसिकली और एंड मैं खुले शब्दों में ये कह रहा हूं आज मैंने कुछ नहीं किया मैंने जो लेफ्ट हिंदूइज्म को करता है ना मैंने वो आपके आपको रिक्वेस्ट करके दूसरे फेथ को किया मैंने और कुछ नहीं किया मैं मैं आपको खुला एंड ना मेरी इंटेंशन थी मगर आई वाज सो फेड अप ऑफ द दिस डिस्कोर्स अराउंड हिंदूइज्म अगेन दिस इज नॉट एन अपोलॉजी फॉर हिंदूइज्म ओपन एडमिशन एनहाइलेशन ऑफ जाति वरना चाहता हूं मैं but the point is, it has to be fair. What is your observation in this? I completely agree to it uh, because when it comes to the critique of the other faiths, it has been very less. And in fact, uh, when it comes to critique of Islam as well, uh, see, uh, Islam, there are two facets of the criticism of Islam. One is the criticism in terms of uh, the theology of it. You try to get into theology and understand that what this hadith says and what this part of Sira says, whether it's really good for society or not. The other part of critic is really analyzing the history of Islam, which has got a lot of problems, a lot of issues are there actually. And the moment you get into the critic of the history of uh, Islam, that's where the problem would really come more. Because theology is something, for example, AI, like Anandraganathan, the way he quotes, right? He quotes it, right? It's theology, it's there out for you. But the moment you get into the idea that whether Islam per se originated in Northern Arabia or it's originated as it is said. That's where the whole doctrine will start tumbling because uh, I'm I'm being very serious about it and that will really, because it's all about Makkah but there's something beyond it. If you read the work of AJ Dews and there's a lot of scholarly works around it but people have stopped looking into it because of the Mahal in which we are in. Now as far as the other texts are concerned Yes, Sikhism is one of the sect which is least spoken about till the time because when the till the Khalistani movement has really not picked up like what is happening right now, people are not even giving a two bits to even read about it. Right? You will see a lot of people who are again misquoting the Sikh Granth also right now in the you know the because everyone enjoys like you know it, everyone gets a lot of. If you criticize the other faith, they have certain, you will gain followers, whatsoever, whatever the reason may be for the people. But uh, like, for example, the work with Punit Sani is doing, he has gone into the primary level of it to understand that what it was and how it was adulterated. And that is where we need to look into the Sikhism that way that there's an adulterated layer of it, which is the mainstream. Unfortunately, the adulterated layer is complete mainstream in the Sikhism. But what actually it is, it is completely hidden from us. And people, the kind of slides which we have put across for Buddhism like for today, I have not seen much work. It's not, I'm not trying to boast about myself or something, but 
I have not come across a lot of work where people have gone into the criticism or putting across the slides कि ये ऐसे है मैंने नहीं देखा कभी रोमिला थापर को ऑफ कोर्स लेट्स नॉट टॉक अबाउट यू ऑलरेडी हैड अ सेशन दैट वाज लॉन्ग 20 मिनट्स अराउंड इट सो बट नो वन हैज ऑफ द स्कॉलर्स हैव डन इट फॉर बुद्धिज्म नो वन हैव डन इट फॉर जैनिज्म नन हैव डन इट फॉर सिखिज्म बिकॉज़ एंड आई स्पेशली यूज आई थिंक सिखिज्म बिकॉज़ इट्स अ प्रॉब्लम सी व्हाई वी नीड एकेडमिया जैसे जेएनयू में बोलते हैं ना कि एकेडमिया में हमारा काम है समाज को सुधार के रखना दैट्स व्हाई वी डिबेट but the problem is boss you are not debating where it needs to be debated you needed to debate sikhism a lot because uh somehow even the so there are a lot of people who call themselves uh, who, who are very pro hindu that way they also start they quote max sikhi and they say that yahi to sikhism hai and sikhism was completely distinct from hinduism and that's where the problem is coming and no one is putting across the right kind of slide for sikhism which is actually a geopolitical problem it's turning out to be like that but no one is giving giving a damn to it no one is giving a damn to buddhism it may i am not saying that it should happen but the way that discourse discourses are the way the factors like i was baffled after reading the book snakes in ganga so if the of course the words are true what malhotra sir has written but those are the cautions if we don't start looking at it the problem are going to be huge these slides these works need to be put we we have not done enough we have done very less right now Yeah, and look, and the point is the truth needs to be told. I still remain an admirer of the Buddha. I still remain yeah. admirer of Guru Nanak Dev Ji and the gurus and and yeah. even um, Mahavir and the other twenty three Tirthankars. Similarly, yeah. I remain an admirer of Sri Krishna and many a uh, many you know many uh, scholars who uh, and the gurus of the Upanishads. But the point is, I can still maintain a criticism of that. Uh, i can criticize hinduism today recently a politician burnt a copy of the ramcharit manas in uttar pradesh i think yeah. but the point is you 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 are not allowed to do that with specific text today you you could probably get away with jains and buddhists and hindus you clearly can't do that i am not saying burn religious texts i find it to be the stupidest thing ever it is completely non productive but purely from a freedom perspective we all know where the we need to have open discussions about it and we just need to quote primary sources now let me go to other questions <clears throat> now what do you think uh is the uh, so somebody has a distortion in history and what someone actually said happens a lot did it happen also with what dr ambedkar said and really meant about buddhism or uh, do you have any examples that the left is quote in debates in casteism uh so as far as dr ambedkar are concerned i have two points to it one is that i will not deny that uh, whatever he did or whatever he said would be wrong because it was coming from his personal experience now he is no more here to defend his case and then in that case a uh, person of his repute uh, as a first case i will certainly align to his opinion that of course something would have gone wrong that's why he said nasty things about hinduism as a start to start with but uh, again the second facet is that uh, i always felt and uh, i have observed that dr ambedkar's reading and the scholarship was to a great extent dependent on the the colonial narrative in fact uh, when tilak also wrote the book about uh, the aryans the where he placed the aryans somewhere so he was also the proponent of uh, the somewhat like aryans are from outside and 
in fact uh, not many people would know in fact savarkar also for time being believed in he believed in the aryans who came from outside and the things like that the doctor bitkar denied our invasion despite that there were many baggages in there are many baggages in his writings where he has failed to understand hinduism at a metaphysical level fair enough he's criticizing it for the wrongdoings of the society and the thing as such but he didn't address much much of the metaphysical aspect of the hinduism as well he really missed on it so perhaps he didn't had this intention of hurting the sentiments of the hindus it may not be the case like when he took the vows in the diksha bhumi and so on and on there is a lot of literature which are really polemic of hinduism he might not have also thought that what his followers would do down the line down the decades and but the point is that once a fire is set it can take the shape in any direction you know if you just need a wind and it will just flow <laughs> in some direction and all his literature can cause uh, if not because uh, we have seen a case where uh, you know there was just four page document of caa but whole misunderstanding really brought the country to the rampage and i am being honest i spoke to a lot of people and asked them ki bhaiya padha hai aapne did you read it not many people but everyone had opinion about it but the smallest of the fire chingari ki tarah jo kaam dr ambedkar ne karke rakha hai if not given a very right direction if not critiqued ambedkar also need a very serious honest criticism for the academic discourse so that with the belief that the people who are his followers do also have a thing that we are good people we are not going to disrupt country we have to analyze our leader as well like i am very open to analyze bhagwan krishna i am very open to talk about uh, any of that like i said tilak believed in the aryans came from outside uh, I, there are many points of savarkar which i will like to critique but i am a big fan of savarkar that way so that is what understanding needs to come in the ambedkar followers as well but that will only only penetrate if scholarly works are put across it will not just happen with the polemics of uh, uh, ambedkar ki you know he was just like this you need a very scholarly work a complete analysis of his character absolutely but uh, okay i'll take one more question because the other one is just an observation my observation ka kya karunga so you know how do we build from such discourse i'll take it forward like see the reason you and i did this was not to spite at someone or to disrespect someone that is not our intention over here this three part series is not aimed at disrespecting anyone this three part series is actually an attempt to raise the level of discourse in india the level of discourse but how do we reach out to the neo buddhist camp if if i was to ask you that see uh, the whole point is that uh, we can reach to the neo buddhist camp only by putting across the first start would be to really put across the literature which is not there and the discourse will always happen that you don't first get into criticizing them inside out like you know you you have to first create a induction environment of the induction that you are here just to live together you are here to analyze the text okay the, you see the fault in say manuswati i'm just quoting an example okay let's talk about it very constructively let's have a debate okay you are talking about this part of manuspriti i am showing you this part of the buddhist literature okay 
आई प्लेस हेयर एंड देयर आई डोंट सी मच ऑफ अ डिस्टिंक्शन ये भी सेम है ये भी सेम है अगर मैं इंटरचेंज कर दूं एंड आई डोंट टेल यू दैट व्हिच इज फ्रॉम व्हाट और थोड़ा सा पैराफ्रेज कर दूं इफ आई पैराफ्रेज इज अ बिट परहैप्स पीपल विल नॉट मेक सच अदर सिमिलैरिटीज बिटवीन द टू लिटरेचर सो विद गिविंग अ यू शुड ऑलवेज ट्रस्ट द पीपल इफ यू वांट टू टेक अ डिस्कोर्स इफ यू विल ऑलवेज फील दैट नथिंग विल हैपन देन नथिंग कैन हैपन दिस शुड बी द फर्स्ट अप्रोच इटसेल्फ दैट यू पुट लिटरेचर ए एंड बी you see together for yourself there is not much difference you are just one among us there is no difference there and yes the whole the whole process is a way forward with a critical analysis of whatever baggage we have for each other fair enough fair enough so uh, i think we we will wrap it up now but before we wrap it up uh, abhas are there any last comments that you want to make yeah well uh, there's a uh, one point which i will essentially like to make is that uh, you know uh, people do go crazy about the religions and the faith most of the times but uh, 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 it's quite often that uh, the most of the opinions are very uh, out of the ill information people are not aware about what is there for them to see it's important that you go through the books you go through the text you read it for yourself and come with a open mind that you know kushal is not your enemy or abhas is not your enemy or you are not my enemy the first point is that everyone is discussing it either for their own academic interest or to really dig more into the past there is no bad intention for anyone as such and i will believe that you too also don't have when you do polemics of my work or polemics of say my faith itself so there has to be a very open system to for the discourse fair enough uh, abhas uh... Uh, first of all thank you very much for all the effort i uh, uh, i i have to appreciate this uh, ki tumne slides banayi full disclosure main maha alsi aadmi hu mere se slides ho nahi hota <laughs> so so kudos to you you know i you know the one skill i lack is making slides nahi to main aaj kafi kafi cheeze kar chuka hota tha magar once again i i look forward to the part 2 and part 3 and uh, thank you very much for uh, for you know taking up this uh, exercise for me with me uh, and doing it in a very academic decent way which is very much lacking on social media it's all my pleasure kushal bhai it was good to touch upon this subject i'm looking forward for the next two sessions too yeah so you know abhas ne manusmriti ki baat ki dekho mere ko main just ek do quote padh ke aaj aap logo ko chhodne wala hu manusmriti 2.213 it is the nature of women to seduce men in this world for that reason the wise are never unguarded in the company of females then 2.214 for women are able to lead astray in this world not only a fool but even a learned man and to make him a slave of desire and anger i leave it to you and your imagination i did this purposely because aap bologe pura time buddhism ke quote padhe hinduism ke pad do pesh kiye hain ऐसे और पचास पेश कर सकता हूं करूंगा नहीं क्योंकि टाइम नहीं है द रीजन वंस अगेन आई डिड दिस 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 आइडिया दैट केम टू मी वाज नॉट टू बैश एनीवन द रीजन आई एम डूइंग दिस थ्रू दिस प्लेटफॉर्म मैं क्लिक बेट चीजें नहीं करता हूं मैं स्कॉलरली एफर्ट्स करता हूं उसका रीजन होता है आई वॉन्ट माई कंट्री टू बिकम बेटर abhas wants this country to become better the reason we do these things is we want a better society a society that has less bigotry where men and women are equal where we have equal rights and we should not shy away from looking at any epistemology religious or irreligious 
irrespective of which side of the aisle you are. I will request all of you to think about it. Secondly, what I'll do is once I get the sources and the uh, 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 maybe you know Abbas can make a small PDF file and I will get that PDF file. I will hyperlink it and I will leave it in the description. You can go and check all the sources out. Every presentation ka sources we will leave in the description. Also in the description, I will leave Abhar's Twitter, uh, Abhas ka Twitter handle. So you can go follow him on Twitter and ask him questions. Prashna poocho, galiya mat do. Prashna poochne se samadhan nikalte hai. Galiya dene se kuch nahi hota. And as far as I'm concerned, if you like this attempt, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave your comments in the comment section. And if you really want to support this podcast, because this podcast is able to do these discussions is because it is a member driven podcast. Because I support members, so I do all these experiments. Because then I don't have to click bait. So please become a member of this podcast. Whether on Fanmo, whether on YouTube, whether on uh, Patreon. But do become a member. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, namaste, take care, bye-bye. 